Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, January 2nd. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the 2018 legislative session gets underway today. We'll hear from both sides of the aisle on what this year could bring. What we have done with education is we have bled them to the point that many of the school districts cannot succeed. They're not going to raise taxes. I think first and foremost, they're not going to raise taxes. They're just against it. And after Everyday Tech, Rita Brent is a familiar voice to MPB listeners. We'll talk with the former Think Radio host about her burgeoning comedy career, including a recent appearance on Comedy Central. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. State lawmakers will tackle many key issues as the 2018 Mississippi legislative session gets underway at the state capitol today. Among them, infrastructure funding, a potential state lottery, and ongoing discussions about how to fund Mississippi's public schools. MPB's Mark Rigsby is on top of it. In a moment, he talks with former legislator and current Democratic Party chair Bobby Moak. But first, Republican strategist Austin Barber is the founder of the Clearwater Group and a regular contributor to MPB's At Issue. He tells Mark Rigsby what he sees coming down the pike during the 2018 session. I think it's infrastructure. I think it's hands down. It's infrastructure. Um, you've had a number of different groups from around the state, uh, pretty much from a nonpartisan angle, uh, both sort of traditional Republican sport supporters in the business community, road builders, who have come together with um, with the Democrats and so forth to say, hey, we've got to get something done with infrastructure. How do you think Republicans would offer to pay for this? They're not going to raise taxes. I think first and foremost, they're not going to raise taxes. They're just against it. As you know, state tax revenue is flat. The amount of money that is required to repair roads and bridges in Mississippi goes into the hundreds of millions of dollars. If the Republicans dig their feet in on not raising taxes, then where is the money going to come from? It's a good question, Mark. And I, I, what we have to know is, you know, here at the very beginning of January, I'm not going to speculate on where the money will specifically come from to pay for a $100 million infrastructure plan, 
for a $1 billion infrastructure plan. I think that would be unfair for me to try to do. But certainly you're right. It's a big question, uh, and that leadership at the state capitol is going to have to come forth with a plan that makes sense to everyone. Then let's talk about another revenue-generating idea that's been around for several sessions, but it's really picked up steam during the summer with the lottery study committee that was formed by House Speaker Philip Gunn. Is this the year that a state lottery is implemented in Mississippi? What do you think? I don't think so. I think it was really close last year. I think it'll be really close again this year. But I just don't think there's the, you know, there's the ultimate will uh, to bring forth a state lottery in Mississippi. And I think it's uh, a simple reason. One, nobody, I think there's three reasons. One, nobody can really give you a specific answer of this is how much in revenues we will bring in. Secondly, the gaming industry in Mississippi is one of the oldest ones in the country. Obviously, you've got Nevada, you've got New Jersey that have been there for you know decades upon decades. But of course, in Mississippi, we're over 20 plus years. So this industry is, is, is pretty well respected within the state. The industry um, throughout the process that you talked about uh, that, that the speaker uh, has had over there with, with his committee uh, the industry came out and said they are against the lottery. I think that will uh, speak volumes to rank-and-file legislators who have to vote on this. And I think the third issue is there is a concern among the industry, and now it's growing among legislators that they learn about this, is that if you get a lottery, it will just be a slippery slope to what they call these video lottery terminals which is we go to visit our friends in, in Louisiana or other states, you walk into a gas station, you walk into a restaurant, and it's basically just an electronic bingo machine or slot machine that's sitting there in the corner. All right, finally, let's talk about the elephant that's been in the room for at least a year, and that is the rewrite of the Mississippi Adequate Education Program. Is this the year where we're going to see a rewrite? of the funding formula for public schools? Well, you know, I, I think I said on Ad Issue, which is our show, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, either late 16 or early 17, that I thought it would not pass until 2018. But I'm not so sure. I have not seen any details. Um, maybe I've just been out of the loop and hadn't been paying attention to them. But I think this is an issue that's going to need to get public support, and certainly the public is going to need to be educated. That can happen in a three-month legislative session. But you know, I think that's got to happen. This is, cannot be one of those uh, issues that they just sort of handle in committee and talk about it on the floor and then it becomes law. I think it's too big for that. Austin Barber is a Republican national strategist and also the founder of the Clearwater Group in Jackson. He can also be seen every Friday night on MPB TV on At Issue at 730. Austin, thanks for being on the program today. Thanks for having me. We're speaking with Bobby Moak. He is the chairman of the Mississippi Democratic Party. Bobby, thanks for being on the program. Glad to be here. Thank you. The 2018 legislative session starts up. What do you think the biggest issue will be this session? Of course, it's going to be funding, but that is a huge umbrella. Uh, Funding for education, funding for mental health, funding for roads and bridges, funding to send back to the counties and cities. Uh, All of those things, Mark, have not been done by this legislative leadership in the past years. Let's talk about infrastructure. How do you think repairing roads and bridges will be funded this session? I don't don't see it happening with with the dedicated tax. What the legislature has to do, uh, the legislative leadership has to do, is 
take the political courage at the front end of the session and say we are going to set aside X number of dollars to fund our road and, road and bridge repair. Uh, now, I think they possibly have in their mind that if they go forward with a lottery, that that could uh, take care of, of that need. And if they do, maybe they need to think about setting aside those funds. But since we don't have the lottery today, the only other option is get the political courage, set the money aside at the front end of the legislative session. The Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves has said in the past funding the roads and bridges will not be because of a tax increase. If you're going to set aside money at the beginning of the session, then where do you take away from? That's a large chunk of money. It is a huge chunk of money. And here's the deal. The Republicans own that problem. They're the ones who made the problem. They need to fix it. They also made the same problem in education. They have the same problem in mental health funding that people are screaming about and we have been sued over and are likely to be sued again. So uh, what they have to do, in my opinion, is take the political courage and take some of these giveaways that they have given to their corporate friends and get that money back. Now let's talk about education. The Republicans hired Ed Bill last year to analyze uh, the Mississippi Adequate Education Program, the funding formula for public schools. Do you think that this is a good idea, and do you think that something will be passed this year? Look, it, it's always a good idea to look at functions of state government. But what we have done with education is we have bled them to the point that many of the school districts cannot succeed. Uh, we are cutting off state funding. We are forcing the locals to raise taxes that they cannot afford to do any longer to keep their local school systems going. But what that's doing is exactly, I think, what the leadership wants to do. That is uh, moving these school districts to fewer and fewer in number and also opening a door for charter schools to come in and pick up the slack. Uh, some folks may say, well, that's a great thing. Well, except for the fact the charter schools will be picking up the same students that the legislature decided not to fund uh, with our tax dollars. So they're simply taking our tax dollars and reshuffling them to more private entities, the same way that we saw happen with the privatization of the Department of Human Services. That's happening in education now. Okay, what's the bottom line, in your opinion, on the MAEP rewrite? Uh, I think that there is an effort underway as to how uh, they will attempt to either rewrite MAEP or simply do away with it this legislative session. Bobby Moak is the chairman of the Mississippi Democratic Party. Bobby, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you very much, Mark. Coming up after Everyday Tech, Rita Brent is a familiar voice to MPB listeners. We'll talk with the former Think Radio host about her burgeoning comedy career, including a recent appearance on Comedy Central. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Everyone has a favorite author, actor, musician, or comedian. At All Things Considered, we don't just bring you the news of the day. We introduce you to the coolest people you thought you knew and learn what really makes them tick. What you hear might just surprise you. I'm Robert Siegel. Join us every afternoon for All Things Considered from NPR News, conversations that connect. Weekdays at 4 on MPB Think Radio. 
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech on the Mississippi Edition. I'm Michelle McAdoo with the Wilkes Couture, and today we're discussing technology for teens. Yes, our kids are growing up, and one of the scariest thoughts for me is that I do have to let my child grow up and be independent. There's a lot of technology out there today that helps teens and parents stay connected so your child can stay safe, correct? Yes, definitely. One of my biggest fears came to light. My son recently turned 16, got his driver's license, and the scariest thing, me and my wife were standing in the driveway watching him pull away in his car for the first time without me or her as his co-pilot. And that just really shook me. And, you know, it's something that a lot of us parents, we all have to end up going through. It's our rite of passage, per se. Uh, That doesn't necessarily make it that much easier. But technology can actually step in, bridge that, give a little bit of peace of mind, while also becoming a teaching tool for when they're learning to do things such as driving. So what are some of the tools that parents can use to make that happen? Well, one of the really cool things that we got, and we got this from our insurance company, and it plugs into the computer port on your car. All modern cars have. It's called an OBT or onboard diagnostics port. And what happens is by plugging this in, it then links up via Bluetooth to his phone as well as mine and my wife's phone to advise of things and grades such as rapid acceleration, rapid braking, um, excessive speed, and some of the other things that could become bad habits. Another nice thing is also this same little device that plugs into there, if it were to detect something such as a crash or an airbag deployment, it can actually automatically call 911 through his phone. So a little added extra safety net there for you know mom and dad to feel a little bit better. Do they also have apps to let you locate your child when they're out and about? Oh, definitely. That's built into pretty much all of the phones. That's one uh, we use fairly heavily. We'll actually use the Find My Friends aspect of the iPhone that's actually built into it. So we know where they're at at any given time. Like I could pull it up right now and see, oh, they're in school or if he's went down to grab something to eat, maybe after school or something like that. We definitely have some visibility into where their physical location is. Also, speaking of being safe, let's talk about the online safety. Well, you know, it's it's really heartbreaking anytime I hear those stories about a child maybe being lured away from their home because of an online stalker or even, you know, the incidents that happened from cyberbullying, some of the other things that happen online. It's really important for us as parents and as caregivers to make sure that we're connected in that world as well so that we can actually, it's not for spying on our kids per se as much as it is opening up the door to conversation to make sure we understand what's going on and that there's some open and honest communications going on, that we make rules for our children and rules for our household that actually promotes safety in that area. So really, when it comes to dealing with technology and dealing with our teenagers, we know so often 
the struggle that us parents have is really the same struggle that our parents had, and that is how do we communicate? Sometimes it's like we're speaking a different language. And by getting involved in their lives, not being overbearing, but getting involved in there and being a part of the social media circle and, and understanding what they're doing and understanding what's going on in the classroom and not just basing the entire semester's work on a report card, but really on the progress that they're going through, can really make a huge difference in our children growing up to be successful and us being successful as parents. Because, you know, the bottom line is there are dangers all around our kids. There are dangers when they're getting into the car. There are dangers when they go to the classroom. There are dangers when they go online. These are lurking around pretty much every corner, but luckily technology is there today to help play a role not take over for the parent, but play a role in making sure that we stay involved, we all stay connected, and ultimately, we all stay safe. We will talk more about technology for teens on Everyday Tech, the show that comes on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. You can always send us an email to everydaytech at mpbonline.org. For Wilts Couture, I'm Michelle McAdoo. This is Everyday Tech on Mississippi Edition. I'm Kevin Farrell, the host of Money Talks on MPB Radio. Each week, Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, joins me and answers questions about credit, investing, saving for retirement, and all things finance. Also, we invite you to call in and share your successes in navigating the personal finance challenges that we all face. Money Talks, Tuesday mornings at 9 on MPB Think Radio. MPB's At Issue has the 2018 legislative session covered from all angles. You'll hear each week from Mississippi's most influential elected leaders at the state capitol. MPB's political analyst, Democrat Brandon Jones, and Republican Austin Barber provide insight on the critical issues facing the state and how these issues impact you. Join host Wilson Stribling for Mississippi's only statewide television news program, At Issue, starting Friday, January 5th at 7.30 p.m. on MPB TV. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. You may have spotted Mississippi comedian Rita Brent in one of her prayer videos. Millions of social media users have watched as Brent lampoons everyone from President Donald Trump to the parents of a child sitting on the couch with a large snake. Or perhaps you've heard her appearances on the nationally syndicated Ricky Smiley Morning Show or seen her on Kevin Hart's Comedy Central show, Heart of the City. Of course, many remember Rita for the long time she spent as a host and producer right here at MPB. She joins us now to talk about her career and the aftermath of her appearance with Kevin Hart. The Kevin Hart thing, what it has done is help build my following on social media, which is extremely as important as a comedian to have a large following because now promoters are looking at your following to see if they're going to book you or not because they want to know that you can put behinds and seats. And so sometimes they forego quality for quantity. So if you're on social media, you have four million followers and you you may or may not be funny, they'll hire you, hire you anyway. So I've been very fortunate that because of the Comedy Central show, that my following has grown. I'm at like 36,000 followers on Facebook and almost at 10,000 on Instagram. Now, my Twitter is horrible. I think I have like 1,100 followers on Twitter. Why? Because you don't 
focus on Twitter? Yeah, it's 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 immediate. You know, you have to post on Twitter all the time. Yeah. You have to be super current. And I don't want social media to take over my life. It is already uh, a large part of my life to the point that I'm almost addicted to it. And it's hard to keep everything up to date. But yeah, being on Comedy Central, I mean, my God, it has just been wonderful for validation and helping me look more legitimate. Uh, just having something like that on your name. It's no different than folks who perform on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or uh, Conan O'Brien. Once you get something like that attached to your name, folks think, okay, this individual must be funny to have been featured on a platform like that. I think Kevin Hart is the is the biggest comedian in the world right now. Absolutely. We were talking off air before, and, and you said you, you have thousands of jokes that you actually write. How much time mm-hmm. do you spend writing jokes, material? Not as much time as I need to. Um, now that I'm a full-time comedian, I'm on my own schedule. And so I have a bad... Uh, habit of procrastinating. And so like today, it is whatever time it is, and I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to go home and I'm going to spend three hours working on comedy. But I'm going to go home and I'm going to find a a special of Richard Pryor's to watch. And then I'm going to drink some eggnog and I'm going to clean out my truck. And then (laughs) my window to write jokes will have passed. Um, So I... Right now, what I'm doing is like waiting until a couple days before my show to sift through all of my jokes and see which ones I think have potential. And I will try a couple new jokes at a time. When you get bookings, is it within a certain radius or are you sort of out and about all over the country? Right now, the radius has been about five or six hours has been the the farthest um, mainly in the southeastern region. Now with Ricky, I've gone to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've gone to Baltimore, Maryland. I think that's the, the farthest I've been. Uh, and I've been to Dallas, Texas, and that's the farthest west I've been. Uh, I've not gone to California. I've not gone super, super northeast east coast. I've not been to Canada, New York just yet. Um, I've been to the, the southern region, and my material kind of reflects southern culture and I don't want to get too regional, you know, because I want my material to be universal. So by the time I get to in L.A., I'll have some stuff that works there as well. So I'm trying to be careful about that because I do so many shows. I do church shows. So I have a whole church set. I do corporate shows. So I have a corporate set. And then I do comedy clubs. So I have a comedy club set, which is just uninhibited, you know. Uh, so, yeah, the far- farthest I've driven is about five or six hours and flying Baltimore, Pennsylvania. But. I'm hoping to get to L.A. at some point just to see how my material will work in a culture like that where comedy is thing is the thing. And the thing is, you haven't been a comic for all that long. Right. How many years? Four. That's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Another comedian said, OK, well, you're, well, you're four years old in comedy. You know, he's like, you're a baby. I was like, OK, that's you good. You just decided one day I'm going to get up on stage and tell some jokes? <laughs> well, I guess it, it was maybe a little more intentional than that. There was an open mic at this place called Sweet 106 in Jackson on Terry Road. And there were these guys doing stand-up comedy. I had never done it. had never thought about doing it. You know, in school, I was funny. And now everybody's like, yeah, you always were funny in school. And I never really thought about it like that. But that night I was watching those comedians and all of a sudden I started feeling things. I got butterflies in my stomach and the hair starts standing up on my arms. And it's like God spoke to me and said, you can do this. And I was like, what? 
comedy guy? You know, that's not me. I'm shy. I'm not going to get up in front of people. And I told the guy who was over the event that I wanted to try it. A couple weeks later, I tried it. I got paid like $25 for doing five minutes of comedy. And I was like, oh, is this is this how it is? I get money for talking? <laughs> and I just decided to take it seriously. It was some kind of rush I got when I did it. And I knew I was horrible the first time I did it. I think my mom was the only one who laughed. She was there front and center with a church suit on. She had just gotten out of church and she came to the nightclub club to hear her baby tell jokes and uh, I think she may have been the only one that laughed that night but I left feeling empowered I was like whoa this is tight I can say stuff and people laugh and I can talk about anything and it's less threatening than me just getting on Facebook and ranting you know I can talk about it in a, a jocular way and people only, will receive it only four years in and you've already been featured on heart in the city that's amazing that's isn't incredible it? yes it is yeah and I didn't have to leave Mississippi to do it that's what's even more amazing <laughs> Because uh, everybody's like, you need to move, you need to move. And I, I presume I will at some point. Um, but the fact that he came here to Jackson was just amazing because Jackson is not necessarily a, a comedy city, you know. How can people like you? All right. You can like and follow me. This is so weird now, 2017, you're telling people to follow you. You can follow me on social media, Rita Brent Comedy. On Facebook, R-I-T-A-B-R-E-N-T Comedy, on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. My website is RitaBrent.com. You can see some of my videos there and pictures of my journey, and uh, you can book me as well. We wish you continued success, bigger success. Thank you, Karen. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Money Talks. Then at 10 o'clock, it's In Legal Terms. And at 11 o'clock, stay tuned for Southern Remedy. If you missed part of the show today, find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu.